Bonneville is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What the deal be, everybody here in Bracago? What the deal be? I hope you're all doing extremely well. I am Khalif Adams. This is the Spawn on Me podcast. Hope you are doing well in the land of dopeness, which is Bracago and all the places therein. I am your host, Khalif Adams. It is almost show 400 on our show. It is wild to know that we are almost at show 400 in a real way. I didn't know because I've been paying attention. It has been so busy that I forgot to look at the fact that it's almost show 400, but I'm super excited. And again, thank each and every one of you for listening this week and every week. We didn't get a chance to do a proper stream show last week because I was in Arizona on a little mini vacation. I got a chance to hang out with some friends uh, and, and hang out with some people in the world. And, uh, that is always great getting a chance to do that and, and being able to chill with dope folks and, and always getting a chance to kind of, you know, build relationships and do all that kind of work, uh, is always fantastic. So, um, super excited to be able to do all of that. Uh, I am sure that listenership on this particular episode, at least on Twitch is going to be a little bit low because right now the NBA finals are happening. Go Suns, hoping that they take it, uh, and hoping that they are able to win the championship, uh, this year, uh, because I want Chris Paul to win a, a chip. I think he deserves a championship. He's fantastic. Um, and want to give him massive props as a NBA star who I think is going to definitely be in the hall of fame. If you're familiar with the basketball, uh, we also have a basketball podcast that we do over at Fanbyte called Corner 3. Uh, so go check that out as well. It's myself, uh, Nikki Grayson, and John Warren who host that show. So if you want some conversation around the finals and basketball, uh, go over there and check that out. It's a lot of fun to get a chance to do that every week. Um, and it's brilliant. So it's a lot of fun. Thank you, everybody who listened to the last episode. Uh, got a chance to finagle some audio stuff with uh, my iPad and learned how to produce a show on my iPad last week, which was super cool and sounded pretty good. Like, I think for the most part, like it sounded on point in comparison to, you know, the way we usually have uh, our usual show setup. So I might have found a really good solution for potential new ways to use my gear for stuff like that. So I am super excited about that. Uh, I'm going to be needing it uh, more often than I thought uh, because I have some new life news to share towards the end of the show uh, and talk about that in a, in a big way. So good, good things to talk about on that end. Um, this week, uh, there isn't a lot of gaming news to dig into, at least stuff that I'm super excited to, to dig into and talk about. I think there are things in the mix, uh, but not a lot of stuff right now that are, you know, kind of like, like in the, in the vibe space, um, in that bigger kind of real way. Uh, you know, it's always interesting to kind of dig into, you know, what's happening in the space and what's going on and, and how all those things are kind of, you know, touching and how those things are all kind of interconnected. Um, but it is one of those things where we're in a little bit of a, uh, you know, 
I'm not going to say a down spot in in the the space right now. I don't think it's a, I would call it a down slot, but it does get slower in the summertime. Summertime stuff just winds up getting slower because there just isn't a lot of stuff um, to talk about. There were some really cool things that got shared during this week, though, that I do want to dig into. And I think you'll have, you know, I've seen lots of chatter throughout the uh, throughout the week about some of the stuff that we're going to talk about this episode. Um, and I think those parts are going to be what we really are finding are super cool and, and things that we're going to be able to dig into in a real way. Um, the first story this week uh, that I want to tackle and dig into, I'm just looking at a couple of things while I have some stuff moving around in my space, um, is around the... Let me see if I can find it and see if I can get it together. Uh, let's see. <laughs> we have uh, wheels in the chat saying we're climbing up the Madden mountain still post Madden. We roll down the hill. You're, you're not wrong about that wheels. That is actually super, super true. And you're, you're absolutely not wrong uh, <laughs> in that part of the conversation for sure. It is not easy when you're thinking about the kind of games that we're going to wind up getting in the summer, which usually winds up being all the sports titles um in that way so first story up is all about the switch pro or lack of switch pro the switch oled uh which was shown and talked about and debuted in a really surprised way nintendo kind of just came out of nowhere um and, and and dropped a bomb on people uh and was like yo we got a new joint it's called the switch switch oled uh, we're putting it out in the world. Everyone had a conversation around the Switch Pro, which we thought was going to be what got shared um, in terms of any information uh, in the gaming space around a new Switch. Um, and I would say to a certain extent, I feel like there are a lot of people who were kind of disappointed in the conversation around what the new Switch was going to look like. I, for one... Um, you know, as a person who doesn't really use my switch that often, my switch is like over here hanging out, um, not getting used because I don't really play a lot of Nintendo games anymore. I found that they are just not for me. Um, but it is a space where Nintendo has a very fervent, uh, fan base and that fan base is constantly, um, looking for new things while also kind of digging into the nostalgia of stuff. Um, the Switch OLED is an interesting half step to what I think a lot of people were hoping for. Um, a lot of people were expecting a 4K screen, um, differences in the way that the kind of, you know, potential Joy-Cons were going to be, you know, bigger screen. Some of those things are in the Switch OLED, but some of the things that are that are in there really just are kind of underwhelming um, in the ways that we thought it was going to be. Um, you're still going to get a 720p uh, visual on the device itself. Um, you'll now get 64 gigabytes of storage that are going to be directly into or on uh, the system itself. Before you had to kind of just always use a micro SD to get more storage. Now there's going to be 64 gigs, you know, thankfully already on the machine um, in that way, which I think is brilliant because a lot of those games are getting bigger um, and they need as much storage as possibly can. 
Um, I think that's important to have as an additional piece of the puzzle for the switch. Um, so excited about that being in there. Um, you know, video output, which I think is the biggest kind of bummer, um, is only 1080p, uh, via HDMI and TV mode. That's rough where the hope was that we would get this bump in visibility in a real way. And that we're definitely going to see this kind of be the more full fledged version of, you know, what this is going to be, um, to, to, to kind of showcase what this console was going to be. Um, and I'm disappointed in it. Like I want, if I'm going to make the change over to a new device, and again, I understand the conversation of like, God, this maybe isn't for you. And it's not, which I will fully admit, or, you know, off jump is for me as a, as a technophile, as a person who loves technology and who wants to see technology get bigger, just having this as the, you know, like layer, you know, level up to what the, the switch is right now. We had the switch light which kind of, you know, all in one, the joy cons and took them off from being detachable. And, you know, we had expectations that this was going to be the newer version that you're going to be able to have a lot more or stuff in there. Um, you know, it's always really interesting to be able to, uh, you know, figure out what that's going to wind up looking like. And, you know, the, with the hope of a higher fidelity and also the other part of the, you know, kind of additions to what this is going to be. It just doesn't give you that much of a, you know, exciting feeling around what this thing's going to be. The other parts of this that they talked about is now they have a much wider base. So the kind of leg that was the original stand that you would kind of have on the console was very thin. Uh, it was like a, a kind of like small rectangular part. Now the switch will have this much longer, wider base to be able to, you know, stand it up in a different way uh, that gives it more stability, which I think is really, really important and really smart. Um, but again, doesn't really change that that much on there. They changed the way that the spirit, the, the, the speakers are going to kind of output sound. It's going to be more enhanced. It's going to be more robust in that way. I think the biggest actual addition to the Switch OLED is now that the dock that you had, which traditionally only had a power source, a power input, and an HDMI out, will now have LAN support. So you can now get better um, connectivity on the console. So if you're playing on, you know, a multiplayer game, you should have a beefier connection to that game because you'll be able to throw an Ethernet cable in the back of it. Um, to be able to do that, which they also talked about now being able to sell that dock separately, um, uh, you know, for purchase, if you just wanted to get the dock, which I think a lot of people are probably going to opt in for, I think that's going to be a thing that a lot of people are going to actually kind of look for to get, which I'm happy that that's going to be a thing. I think that that des deserves to be a part of the conversation, um, in a real way. So I'm happy about that for sure. I think that's going to be pretty cool to be able to see you know, in the mix for what that's going to wind up being. I think that's very important actually from a connectivity standpoint, from a, you know, making the game experience a little bit better. Uh, but overall, you know, the energy around this console was pretty down in terms of what people were sharing. Um, and, 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 and I don't know what Nintendo is going to do next to kind of like push that thing 
further yet without without now i think they've lost the ability to kind of half step right like now they've lost the ability to kind of incrementally kind of change everything now i think in the space where everyone was expecting this thing to happen and be this kind of more robust console they have to do a lot now to kind of get people across the board to be excited about what that next thing is going to wind up being because i've lost all my hype for even the potential of what a uh, switch switch you know pro would look like or you know the 4k switch is going to look like in that way um you know i think you know i think everyone in 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 wheels talks about this in in our chat today um shout out to wheels who's a fantastic listener of the show and fantastic part of our community yeah they ask uh you know do you think this changes the way that we talk about rumors giving off base everyone was or are we doomed to be in wrestling dirt sheet land forever now um I well, I think this is the thing. I think a lot of people got mad at people who speculated out loud about you know what the Switch Pro was going to be. There was a lot of backlash from the community, which always happens about like you know, well, all of you in the gaming industry said that we were going to get this thing, and then Nintendo did whatever they wanted to, um, and and kind of just like did their thing, and 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 all of you are idiots for not getting it right. I think that the conversation winds up being in a more profound way. If you're really being honest and really taking care of what the conversation looks like from a bigger perspective, um, it's never going to be a thing where, you know, gaming folks are going to get that stuff right all the time. A lot of, a lot of folks have good sources. A lot of folks have good um, inroads into getting information about stuff like this, but sometimes you just get it wrong. And I think that just getting it wrong part is where where we wind up landing with this particular thing. Nintendo has always been slippery in terms of, you know, not necessarily sharing information with people and then flipping it on people. But I think that they've always kept everything extremely close to the vest. Like there are leaks that come out of Nintendo, but they're very rare, Um, especially when it comes to hardware. Uh, and, And this was the thing that the Switch has been their baby for a long time. I think the Switch has been something in which we're not seeing a lot of conversations float around this because I think everybody, you know, if you're really paying attention to, you know, what, you know, what's happening in, in, in Nintendo land, everybody had an expectation for what the switch pro was going to wind up being. And if you think about what those things were talked about it's probably close to, you know, where we were in terms of conversation. Um, and I wouldn't say that any of the things that were shared were that far off in terms of what we have an expectation for an up for an upgrade of this kind of device would look like it didn't hit. And I think that that's okay. Um, it's, it's, it always sucks to be the person who has to kind of eat crow, uh, when a thing doesn't necessarily hit in that way. Uh, but I am excited at the fact that, you know, it'll give people who are, you know, maybe on the fence about the switch now another another option to potentially purchase and and get in on the game for some you know they're fantastic games on the switch they, they're not necessarily for me um but i think that there are lots of good stuff in that space uh for people to really enjoy and dig into all those things um you know i, th- I think that's what the the space is going to wind up giving them uh, midnight res says in the chat uh not necessarily pertaining to you know my thoughts about them having to kind of go you know hard go ham on the on the, the new uh, design says so they'll stick with this and just upgrade internals gives them an opportunity to ramp up and get the parts ready. Sure. That's also another part of the conversation too. I, I think that, you know, a lot of people still forget that 
we are in a really interesting resources drought uh, when it comes to things. CPUs, GPUs, silicon, all that kind of stuff is still in flux. It is extremely hard. Like wood now is more expensive than a lot of different resources than we thought. Um, so thinking about it in those ways, you know, you have to think about, did they run into a wall when it came to production? Did they run into a wall forecasting out to say, we can try to make this thing sexier and, 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 and more profound and more robust, but we may not even be able to fit demand if we do. Because think about that too. Like Nintendo stuff sells out fast. Like Nintendo stuff goes when they have new stuff in the market. So that's a really fantastic point by Midnight Res uh, in our chat uh, tonight uh, talking about that. That's a great, a great point for sure. I think that that's going to be a thing that we see, you know, change a bit uh, in terms of the way that that conversation moves uh, going forward. I, again, am hoping that they will figure out a way to get it to be, you know, that kind of more beefy, you know, internals kind of conversation. I want a, a faster processor. I want a higher res screen. I'm, I want all that kind of stuff. I want the resolution out, out of the machine to be faster. I mean, not faster to be higher, but I don't know what they're going to do yet. And I don't know if a lot of people do. So I think that that's going to be, um, you know, something that I, that I, that, that we're going to have to wait and just kind of see. Um, I think again, COVID, I, I wonder what this would have all looked like during or if COVID wasn't a part of the equation, because I think that that is also a very hard um, thing to kind of, you know, move, move through. You know, we're hearing this across a lot of different teams. Game development has gotten infinitely harder, you know, while under the pandemic and we're still in the pandemic. We're not out of the pandemic. A lot of folks in the United States are still kind of moving, you know, closer to being out of the pandemic, out of the pandemic, air quotes. Um, but the rest of the world is still catching up. And in Japan, we're seeing so many conversations around the Olympics now of them maybe relocking down because of all the variants and because of, of, of spikes in COVID. So a lot of stuff out of Japan is going to wind up moving and changing again, based on the fact that we have all of those parts in, in the ecosystem. And until COVID goes away, a lot of production is just not going to be as fast as we thought it was going to be. Um, so, you know, that's the switch OLED. Um, I'm disappointed. I was hoping for, you know, something better. I think the people who didn't have one before will cop one. The people who are looking to upgrade will probably cop one. Um, I'm, I'm just waiting to see when the next version of this is going to come out in a real way, because that's the thing I actually care about. Um, moving on to our next story, uh, a thing that came up this week that I thought was pretty awesome uh, and just dropped today as of our recording. This show will go out tomorrow for all of you Friday listeners. Um, so, so keep that in mind. But the thing that a lot of people were kind of interested in was the state of play that Sony said that they were going to drop on us this week. Um, it dropped today, early in the day. They had about 45 minutes, maybe 30, 35 minutes of, of a show. They set expectations pretty, pretty well in terms of no God of War, no more Horizon stuff, no like, you know, super blockbuster bombshell information coming out. It was going to be focused on indies and third party. Um, and they were going to show a, a bigger chunk of Deathloop uh, to kind of showcase the game and, and, and give it a little bit more love. 
I want to just go over the games that I'm super excited about that they talked about from State of Play today. I think that they they nailed some of the things that I was excited for and reinvigorated my my want for some of those things to come out. I'm super hyped for some of them. Um, and I think for, for the most part, I think it was a pretty okay show. I don't think that they blew anyone out the water. Uh, you know, I think that there's been a lot of conversation. We'll talk about this a little bit later in the in the game. I mean, in the day um, or in the show um, around what Xbox is doing in terms of marketing and nailing that kind of stuff and how Sony is not necessarily trying to um, punch back. I just don't think that like these state of plays are doing the same things that like the Xbox event did uh, or even the, the way they're kind of doing things on social right now, which we're, we're going to talk a little bit about later in the show. Uh, one of the games that I am super excited about um, is Sifu. Uh, Sifu looks wild. I am so hyped at Sifu. It is a game that I want so bad. I am fiending to play this thing. I want this more than anything else right now um, in the space. Sifu looks like everything I've ever wanted from the folks who made Absolver uh, the folks slow clap. I am so hyped for this game. It is this wild mashup of this kind of, uh, you know, uh, martial arts fighter with, you know, brawler with a, a couple of other kind of, kind of things in the space. A new little wrinkle came up into the showcasing of that game. So they put out a trailer you know, everybody who's listening to audio sense in, in the audio version, go check the trailer out because it's on YouTube. Uh, folks who are watching Twitch can watch it right now while, while I'm kind of talking about it. And uh, uh, an element that they added into this that I think is kind of cool and super brilliant is when they're showing the trailer, they show these fight scenes and you see the kind of up close battles and, and you see the kind of, you know, martial arts move getting executed and all that kind of stuff. And then it cuts to black and then it show, it shows a age on the screen and it shows the character getting older. Um, and that wasn't a thing that was a part of the conversation in the original trailer that got shown. It wasn't a thing that you ever thought about. It wasn't a thing that you really cared about in a, in a way, but it shows this character going from the age of 40 to I think 45 or so. And it, and it implies that the older that you get, either you become more skillful or that you're becoming more disciplined or that you're becoming a better martial artist because you've gotten older and you're gaining moves and you're gaining kind of the ability to do certain things. This is a fascinating aspect of what this game potentially could be, you know, Oh yeah, it shows the age is forty nine. I think where they end it, right? So you, you go from you go for ten years basically, from the age of forty to forty nine. Oh no, they go to fifty four. I'm bugging out. So the the thing that is wild about this is, does this mean that you're going to start this game as a really young martial artist? Like, imagine if you start this game at the age of twenty. And you can let like, that's the way you level up. You level up through age and not just through the normal means in which you kind of play a game. Right. And with the idea that you get to become this older martial artist, you've seen, you know, I'm a huge martial arts fan. You know, I love Kung Fu movies. The, the dopest people in martial art movies are the, 
folks who are the oldest ones. So you'd have like the old drunken master. Shout out to Flock who just rolled in. Uh, you have the, the the kind of older martial artist who has learned the trade by being sage and being super smart and being super tactical. And you're learning all these techniques over your long life of being in the space and learning more about your art. Imagine if that is the gameplay mechanic that drives the thrust of this game and how dope that could potentially be. Where you're young and you don't just don't know as much, so you're, you're, you're kind of brute forcing your way through a fight. But the older you get, you're moving people around in the space. Like, the you know, we laugh a lot about um, Steven Seagal movies, right? Like, Steven Seagal is like the kind of most overweight, out of shape, kung fu master or you know martial arts master who's using his you know his skills to not necessarily beat you up in the ways that you usually think of in a bruce lee kind of way but like using your body's momentum against you like in more of a judo style or you know i forgot his actual particular martial art that he that he practices but like that idea of age equating a more skillful fighter potentially if that's what i'm hoping this is that is dope. I am hyped for that as a potential kind of game mechanic that we see in the space. Again, I know the folks who run PR on this. I am dying to get these folks on the show whenever we can. Uh, I know they're overseas, so you know it's going to be a time difference conversation in terms of getting them on the show to do an interview for this kind of thing. But I am infinitely hyped about this game. This game is going to be wild. You're going to be fighting in all these bars. You're going to be fighting all these places. You're going to be able to use the surroundings, uh, you know, around you to kind of get fights on. I love the way that they've been doing um, not only motion with this kind of really tight camera shot, but I love the way they've been working in physics where, you know, there's been one fight where I saw one dude get thrown to the ground and then the other person who was trying to fight you you basically spin them and throw them into that other human being who's on the ground. So they trip over that other person's body um, and, and and they just fall on the ground. I love stuff like that. You know, like that kind of stuff is super cool because it adds this layer to what this game is going to be that it's going to be super dynamic. You know, you're going to be able to throw people into walls, you know, excuse me, into furniture around the, around the room, around the space. I am super excited about what that's going to look like from, from a gameplay perspective. So, you know, that's going to be wild to see what happens when this game comes out, what the conversations are going to wind up being. Absolver was really well done, but I don't think a lot of people really came to it and played it, um, which was a, a shame because that game was really cool. But people didn't really, you know, lean into it in that same way. So Sifu, high on my high on my list for games that I'm really excited for. I am dying to play this thing. It looks dope and it looks super, super awesome. Um, so I am very, very excited about that thing. Um, you know, being a game that I'm gonna be able to play very, very soon. I'm extremely hyped for that. Uh so I, that's a thing I'm like fiending to play in a bigger way. Um, next one up is, let's see, uh, this one was a little bit different. This was Hunter's Arena, which Hunter's Arena Legends is, is the name of the game. Um, I wasn't super familiar with this, but uh, you know, a thing that will always bring me in is if you have a really good art style, art style to me is always a thing that's going to pull me in initially into a, 
into a game space and, and, and give me something that I'm really excited to go check out. Those are always going to be the initial kind of just like, Oh snap, what is this thing? How did you get here? What was the, what was the reason this game became a game? Um, and it was really wild the way they kind of introduced it because they talked about it in terms of it being a melee battle Royale. I've seen some people playing it already. I've seen some, some videos of people kind of, you know, playing around with it and messing around with it. It looks cool. Like animation styles look really fun. I think the, the visuals on it look really interesting. There's a dude in there who looks like me, who's about to show up in a second on the stream. There he goes right there. Um, and uh, you know, this mystical, again, martial art kind of mixed with, uh, melee weapons mixed with, uh you know uh, fighting other enemies in the space it feels like there's like a three a three person team up battle uh mode as well that you'll be able to play in here the game looks slick i just don't know how you make a battle royale out of a game like this so i want to play it i want to i want to check it out and see you know where it kind of lands in that way because games like this just don't lend to that idea well from a genre perspective like it looks like you're going to get mopped up, you know, if you're playing people and you're not blocking, not moving around the space and you're not kind of using your surroundings to give you an advantage. I think melee games where you have a ability to have open space be a thing and verticality in that way is going to be rough for people. Cause I think in a shooter, you have an expectation to be shot from a certain distance, depending upon the weapons that are on the map, depending upon a, a, a bunch of the kind of ways that weapons work in that space. When you have a melee fighter like this and a melee game like this, it changes the way that you wind up kind of interacting with the world. And it changes the way that you have an expectation for how you're supposed to be attacked. Right. You know, people are going to be hiding in, bushes and hiding on high platforms to be able to ambush you to kind of get to kind of get to you. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious about how that's going to kind of work um, in, in the bigger stand in the bigger way. Cause that stuff is hard. Like it doesn't, it does, it's not an easy way to kind of, you know, make, make combat work. Uh, so I'm excited to see what that's going to wind up being. So, but it, but it looks super pretty. Like I think, from a gameplay perspective, like, you know, conversations around what the PS5 is going to be able to kind of do. This is going to be a game that I think is going to be extremely pretty uh, in what that game is going to be able to to pull off. So I'm excited for it. I want to get the folks uh, on that team. So, you know, maybe we can get some preview keys and get a chance to play around with it. And I know they had a beta uh, that happened a little while ago. So excited to see what that's going to be. Uh, next up is a game from the fam over at Elphonic. I love Elphonic. I am a huge Elphonic fan. Folks who made Predator and made, uh, uh, what was the other game they made? Uh, I just forgot it. It just ran out of my head. Oh, they made, um, final, uh, the Jason game, Friday 13th game. Uh, so I love, I love Elphonic. Elphonic is one of my favorite, uh, devs. And now they published a game, uh, called Arcade Mageddon which also looks like a, a BR um, in, in the space too, which I think is going to be pretty cool. Art style is really pretty and, and kind of cartoony. I, I like that. Um, looks like you're going to be able to kind of battle in PVP, but it also looks like there's kind of like a, a or maybe it's not a, a battle royale. Maybe it's more akin to like something like um, Knockout City, where you're going to kind of be in an arena shooter and loot, loot bodies to be able to get stuff. 
uh, and have like different kind of um, weapons that will be not randomly generated, but they'll have like different stats and stuff on them, which I think is going to be cool. So it looks like there's a cool mix of uh, both, you know, uh, you know, arcade play and and kind of, you know, this ability to, you know, be quick on the fly. I, I think that, that that looks like it's going to be super fun. There's a beta that's already out. Um, so you'll be able to check it out now. Uh, I think it's going to be on, P- on PS5 and, and on uh, PC. Uh, so that is exciting. I'm definitely going to check that out tonight and, and and download it and play it and see if I can find it. And it's got to be on the store at this point. If they definitely said that there's a beta out or at least a you know a playable version of the game right now. So I'm excited to check that out. That looks super fun and, and really pretty. Again, I'm always in a fan of more arcadey shooters in this way love the way that the you know the biomes are going to change you can play solo or up to four player co-op which i think is also cool uh so yeah i think there's like ways that you're going to be going to engage with this game where i i need games now that are going to be my chill out games like i need games that are not going to be super sweaty but i can have fun and be competitive in um so then when i'm not so when i'm feeling like i want to be sweaty <laughs> and and play games like that that i can um, but I want that have that I want to have that mix of, of having both in there. So early access is out today. Uh, as of Thursday, as of this recording and as of you hearing it, uh, you can go check it out right now. I think it's going to be on the Epic Game Store and it looks like PS5 as well. So PC and PlayStation 5 for everyone out there. Uh, the last thing that I want to dig into for this show again show is a little bit shorter this week uh again because there's just not a lot of stuff out there to dig into there's not a lot of conversations that are happening in the gaming space around new games everyone's still kind of waiting for the end of this month and the beginning of next which i think is going to be where it starts to ramp up a bunch uh so we're going to have a lot of conversations there around those games but a non-game that was that was shown this week that i think is is pretty pretty damn awesome uh came from our friends again over at microsoft uh, they have nailed it again uh, in their marketing of everything. They found the R&B 90s, 90s R&B group all for one to do a remixed version around Game Pass and around Xbox and all that kind of stuff. And it And again, like it just blew up the internet again. Like I think that they have learned in a in a real way just how to have fun with everything that they do you know they put this video out in like four by three format with the with the letterboxing on the sides making it look like something you would see on bet back in the day they ran out and put these cats in these like wild windbreakers let them sing their versions of the song it is super cool to be able to see a company continue to do this in this way um and build upon just the good vibes of the industry the thing that is really just telling right now is just how xbox is not missing they're just not missing right now like everything they do puts good energy into the new cycle you know like xbox all you know all all access the 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 game pass joke that happened a week or two ago um, you know, continuing to, you know, Paris, you know, doing and shade me on, on the Xbox showcase, like Xbox is not really doing the super corporate thing that you have an expectation for a corporate entity to do. 
they're letting their creative teams just run wild with fun stuff and continue to push, which I think is super, super cool. Like, I just love seeing that that's a, a, a thing that they're able to do and, and, and just not really care about, you know, is it cringe? Is it a thing that people are not going to get? Like, you know, all for one is, is not a, is not a group that people who are young are going to care about, but old heads like me, remember that stuff in a real way and they're like yo that was kind of dope that was super cool like that was fun um and i think you know it brings back the conversation to what we hopefully want all of this to be is we want to be able to have fun here you want to continue to have you know uh you know a, a place that, that 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 wants to be able to enjoy the space in here uh flock in our chat is like and me fam you ain't old i see you uh, but it's, it's again, like one of those things where I'm hoping to see Sony at some point lean into some of that goodness. We remember Sony being able to do that stuff, you know, last generation with some of the work that they did. And it feels like now they are so behind the eight ball and a little bit late to the party every time now that they don't have a good space to really jump into the news cycle, unless it's about a big, big game that they've talked about. Like the state of play was kind of flat. It was okay. Like there were games in it that I really am excited about and there's stuff that's there, but it's also like, even if you think about those games, the games that, you know, they talked also about death stranding, having a director's cut, super cool. I'm excited for that. There's actually really fun stuff in there. That's going to be interesting uh, in terms of that coming back. But again, like even with the ghost of the Tsushima stuff, that they talked about maybe a week ago about them having their director's cut. It just doesn't hit in the same way that Xbox is doing stuff in this way. Xbox still has the, the mini fridge is coming. That's going to sell out instantly. They still have stuff coming down the line with, with other things that are happening. Sea <laughs> monster in our chat says the state of play needed a director's cut. Yeah, you're kind of right. I'm not going to front. It, it, it kind of did. Uh, but it is that stuff where again, you know, God of War, whenever we get a chance to see that in a real way, is going to blow up the internet. You know, once they have, you know, more games to showcase that are going to be specifically theirs, it's going to blow up the internet in a, in a good way. I think that those are, are, are nice to be able to have, but they're just not hitting in the same ways that we see Microsoft putting out really fun, small things and them carrying them for a while in the space. It is just very difficult for them right now to catch a actual break in a way that feels like it matters in the bigger conversation. Um, and I'm not, it's too early to, to, to jump into any pools about, you know, who's winning this generation or any of that stuff. Cause that's dumb. But I do think that there is a space now where besides the super, you know, strident Fanny, uh, Fanny, ha, Fanny fanboys, Sony fanboys. That was a wild Freudian slip. Uh, besides the Sony fanboys, every, there's there's a layer for you if you're not in the 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 Xbox uh, ecosystem to find goodness for you. I don't know if that's the case for the the Sony fan or the Sony adjacent fan or the fan who is like just kind of leaning into what that space is. I saw a conversation that that came up the other day that was actually pretty profound. That we talked about we're almost a year, not a year. That's not true. We are, well, maybe we are almost. When did the, wait, when did the, when did the PlayStation 5 drop? PlayStation 5 launch date. 
um, was November 12th, 2020. So November of last year is when it dropped. We're closing in on a year in a couple of months. The thing that is the biggest conversation piece around the PlayStation 5 right now is the fact that the SSDs that we were, you know, the M.2 drives that we were expecting to be a thing still haven't hit market yet. And they're still trying to figure out ways to, you know, get more storage into that system. They've not done any refreshes in terms of the UI. And well, there's been a couple. There's been one that was actually pretty, pretty useful. But, the, you know, that UI is still not great. Storage is still a big problem. Uh, the way that you kind of maneuver within that ecosystem is still a problem. They need some refinements to, to, to get people really excited about stuff. Like there's no reason why I still can't even put a really cool image on, you know, on the dashboard of my, my PlayStation five, at least what that I remember being able to do. So, you know, and even the game that was the, the kind of centerpiece of the state of play today, which was, um, you know, death loop. That's going to be the last Bethesda game that they see for a very long time. So even, even the conversation around the game that they got still feels like it's not a win for them because the other team has all the other games coming from that studios from the studios. So, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a interesting space for them. And I, you know, again, like, you know, uh, Xbox has treated, you know, our show very, very well. We, we have lots of, con lots of connections there. We're doing that work in a real way um, because they have been so open about their ecosystem and about giving us access to stuff and giving us access to people and all those kinds of things. I really wish that we could do that work with Sony too. I think there's going to be really awesome conversations that are happening in that space soon, but there is no face of that company. There is no like major Nelson. There is no Paris. There is no, um, you know, there is no person that I can look at and be like that person over there is the person who I want to pull into the show. That's not a dev from a specific game to say like, what is the state of Sony right now? What's the state of the PlayStation right now? Uh, Dr. Jones in our chat says Jeff, Jeff Grubb is the anti face of PlayStation five. That's absolutely true. I believe in that, you know, Jeff Grubb is one of the best people on the planet, but he is the anti-face of the PlayStation 5 right now. <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think there's lots of conversations there, uh, about what that means in a bigger and broader way. I, I think a lot of that conversation changes hopefully in the next couple of months. Um, and I think that that's going to be a thing that is going to be really, really interesting to see what happens there in that space. Before we get up out of here, I got to, again, thank the folks over at Xbox for sending over that amazing um, uh, uh, Space Jam uh, package uh, with all the controllers and all the cool stuff there. But also, I have to give love to my fam over at Media Molecule, who gave me an Impy, who sent me an Impy, Impy uh, award, a plush Impy award. So if you're not familiar with Dreams or the Impies, they do a really cool uh, award show uh around their creators uh and if you win you get like a physical like metal statue of an MP, uh all that kind of cool stuff 
Uh, and they sent over a really nice uh, plush version of an MP for me because I was one of the uh, judges this year for the MPs. It's cute. I really want. Well, I really want a real MP though. I can't. For, I got to make some cool stuff to get a real MP. But this is super cute. And so this was really nice and really sweet of them to send this over because I love Media Molecule. Y'all been rock with them for a very long time. So I'm I'm a huge fan of all the work that they do, um, and being a part of that and being a judge was um, super fun. Uh, and I'd love to do it again. And I want to work with them even more to figure out good ways that we can do cool stuff together. Um, so word, um, I think that's it for this episode of the show. Uh, again, you know, hopefully next week we'll, we'll be able to do more cool stuff in terms of more gaming conversations. We're going to, uh, we're hopefully going to be able to, uh, extend our spawn and play, uh, series next week. Uh, and you'll see that uh, hopefully soon. Uh, the devs from Phantom Abyss are going to be on this show uh, to talk to us and in, in that series of the spawn in place. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Phantom Abyss, which is my new crack game. Uh, something that I've been playing now for a while and just love the hell out of that game. It is super fun and really interesting. Uh, so, uh, you know, that as a game is something I'm continuing to play and, and want to play more of. So I'm super excited for that. Um, so massive love to, to the folks over at Tinsley PR, uh, for, for hopefully making that happen. Uh, and before I go a little bit of life news, uh, to end out the show, that's going to continue in the next episode because I'll actually share what, what's happening. Um, but today I gave notice at my job at Intel. Um, I am no longer going to be at Intel next week. Uh, and I have a new job lined up, uh, that I will be talking about very, very soon. Uh, once I'm able to, uh, discuss that in a more profound and public way. Um, but yeah, I, I, today was, you know, this is my last week at Intel. Um, and it was a sad day today. You know, I, I put out on the internet, um, yesterday, how it was going to be a kind of roller coaster of emotions. Um, and it was like, today was the day when I actually got to speak to my teammates um, and talk about the work that we had done over the past almost three years over at Intel. Um, one of the, <laughs> one of the, what's the best way to talk about this? Cause it, it makes me sad to think about it, but it's in the content creation space, there have been lots of conversations of late and you see a lot of this conversation happening, especially now, because being a content creator is a thing that it feels like everybody wants to do. Like, it feels like a thing that everybody's like trying to figure out, like, how do I get in the content creation game? How do I become a streamer? How do I become a person who's big on YouTube? How do I become a person big on TikTok? And, and I'll be honest, I'll, you know, I'm turning 43 this year. I know I look like I'm 22. I know this. I understand this. I understand this very well. I do. But as a person who's getting older and seeing the space and understanding that the space is changing rapidly and it's constantly changing. You know, a lot of people ask me for advice about Kyle, what do you think about getting into the content creation game? I see you making big moves over at spawn on me and doing all that kind of stuff. And I say, thank you. Uh, and I appreciate you having those kind words for me, but I would tell people now content creation is not the move. I would say it's a fantastic way to get yourself bigger into a space. And I would say it's a really good way to, you know, you know, connect with like-minded people and make content that you care about, which I think has been the biggest and most cool thing about spawn on me, but spawn on me has been not only my way to connect with all of you and the audience in a bigger, 
bigger way to talk about race and, 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 you know, representation and talk about taboos in the gaming industry and share my small opinion about the way I hope the industry is supposed to move and, and how to, how can I have a, a part in changing that movement in lots of different ways. Um, but I don't think that unless you, I don't think that content creation and content creators are the way to get there. I think we are a part of the ecosystem. I think we are a part of the, a part of the, the big soup that makes that thing, uh, move in that way. But I don't think that it is the way that is the most profitable. I don't think it's the way that you can have the most impact. I don't think it's the way that you can find longevity in the gaming industry in a way, because you're going to burn out like people devs burn out all the time. Other people burn out all the time. Um, and a lot of those folks, um, you just wind up burning out and you don't have enough space to be able to do the work you want to do because you're always trying to chase numbers and you're always trying to chase visibility. And you're always trying to chase getting bigger in the space. Um, I've worked at a, at, a, at a couple of big companies in my, in my career so far, I've worked at Amazon. Um, and now I've worked at Intel. Um, and Intel was my first like really big video game job. Um, it, I never thought that I would work at a place like that. I didn't think I'd make it past the age of 25. And some 20 years after that, I have a pretty successful show in a saturated market with fans who I love and who, who love the work that we're doing. Um, but spawn on me, got me my job at Intel, like content creation, got me a job at Intel. Um, and it's huge to reflect on that, to say this thing that got started with me and Cicero, you know, at our kitchen, kitchen dining room tables, helped to at least pr propel me into a space where, you know, he was able to do so many dope things in a space with rivals of water deep and do all the kind of dope D and D and podcasting stuff he did with us and in his other, in his other spaces that he's been doing good work. Um, and reef has done so much of that good work as well. Um, and, 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 and to, and for me, who is a person who has always wanted to work in the gaming industry proper, um, that to me has always been, the hopeful end result. Like, I think, um, I think the thing that I've always wanted to do is been able to use this platform in conjunction with potentially doing a nine to five job in the gaming industry. I wanted to be a community manager for a long time. And it was like, hell no, I don't want to do that. Cause I see how badly people treat them. Um, I wanted to do biz dev for a little bit, um, working under folks like, you know, my, my, my current teammate, Mark Sabotnik and, and my, my current boss, uh, he is my current boss and my other current boss, Marcus Kennedy, who I've had on the show as well. Um, but getting to go to work every day and talk about video games is a dream come true. Like that is not a thing that a lot of people get a chance to do a, a way that I get to go into work, log on to Twitch, look at people play video games, analyze that stuff, pull that information back in alongside all the other kind of work that I was doing and have that inform my nine to five job is nuts to think about. Um, so I think about all of that stuff um, in a very thankful way. And, and I have to thank all of you at home for, you know, helping push the show so that I can promote it, helping give me a platform to not say, Kosh, shut the hell up. We don't care about what you're talking about. Like, we don't want to listen to your podcast. This podcast has been heard in 120 20 countries. 
over a million times downloaded. You know, so many people who I get a chance to talk to and interact with on a daily basis, just about this wonderful world of video games and how this wonderful world of video games has given me a, a career um, and a place to be able to work um, alongside so many brilliant, fantastic, amazing people at Intel who really care, who really care about video games, who really care about all of you at home on the PC side, who are, who are, you know, spending your hard earned money on our gear and, and, and making cool stuff. There are so many brilliant people who, who I got to work with in my team. Um, I love those people. I, I, I think of them as family. There are dope folks in that space and I'm going to really miss them um, moving forward to, to the next place that I'm going to be moving to. And I'll talk about that next week on the show. So you know, you'll see it on social uh, probably first, or, or maybe I'll leave it for the show and then we'll, we'll you know, I'll talk about it directly on the show next week uh, to, to kind of talk about that part. Um, but, uh, but I, I, I want to say, cause I know some of my, um, Intel fam listen to the show. You have all fundamentally changed me as a human being. I think that you all have given me the ability to have confidence in my work in a way that I've never had before, which I think is pretty profound. Um, you believed in, 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 and leveraged this show. Uh, you've given me access to people who I would have never had access to. Um, you've given me the ability to inform the gaming audience with some of the work that we did um, in a way that will hopefully continue to grow. Um, and I think that the thing that I always want to think about is a lot of people talk about in this industry and especially in community, communities of color of how are we moving the space forward for all of us? How are we trying to figure out ways to build the space into a more robust, more thoughtful, uh, more beautiful uh, more, you know, diverse space. How are we doing that work in a real way? And, you know, the thing that I always lean into is like, I believe that my purpose in this space is to continue to um, grow the conversation around diversity and culture and video games and blackness and hip hop and all that kind of stuff into a real space that we're able to kind of do that work. Um, again, our conversation around, like, we are the culture. Like I, I pull that into every job that I'm in. Um, I believe in, in, you know, putting the ladder down and making sure it stays down so other people can help grow in the space. And I think that some of the work that I was able to do at Intel speaks to that. And I think some of the work that I've been doing in the, in that space has not only helped me grow, but has helped other creators grow and has showcased the reason why we are dope in this space and why we deserve to have more in this space from uh, a POC BIPOC um, um, perspective and why we are the culture in that way. Um, I hope to expand on that in the next job that I want, that I'm taking. Um, I hope, I hope that those things will be felt throughout the industry. And I hope that those things will, will come to all of you in some form or fashion. And again, there's people in this industry who I want to work with. There's people in this chat who I want to work with to figure out ways to make that thing real in a bigger and broader way. Um, so before I sign off, I want to say thank you all to, to everybody who continues to believe in me and the show. Um, you know, I think that we are, we're, we're doing that work in a bigger way. Uh, I think we were able to do that work, um, you know, at Intel at the new spot. Um, and I'm excited for the future. Like, I think that the, you know, the conversation for all of you, if you're thinking about what you can do in this space, content, content creation is one layer of it, but I think the effects that you will have 
that will be long lasting are not in the content creation spaces. Think about if you really want to make a change in this industry and want to make a change in this world and you love video games and you want that to be the space that you do it in. Um, think about using those skills that you've learned in the content creation space and apply to those places that you see have openings. I saw a crap ton of openings this week at Xbox. Um, you know, Dr. Jones talked about the, you know, uh, our, our homies over in iron galaxy are hiring. There's a lot of different places that you can infuse the work that you've learned as a content creator into the greater scheme, into the greater industry proper. And don't think of how many hits do I need to get on TikTok to, to, to make it big. Like it's an aspect of it. It's a way to get visibility into the eye eyesight of people who you may want to work with, but use that avenue as the stepping stone to get you into the industry if you really want to be in it. Because the content creation space is untenable. You're going to get to a layer where you either age out, burn out, or your content isn't hitting as much because the space just changed and you have to continuously change yourself to get into that space. I am learning early that if you really want to make a you really want to make a change and you want to make yourself sustainable from a career standpoint, from a money financial standpoint, from a, you know, nine to five standpoint, which I know a lot of people hate because they want to be their own boss, but you can do dope stuff in this industry. If you, if you maneuver, right. And if you continue to push yourself and you build bridges with smart people and you look at the space and say, what do I bring to this space? That's different. That changes the way people think about it. I'm a college dropout who has worked at three, who will probably have worked at three major companies in the space. I'm not saying everybody can do it. It took a lot of hustle. It takes a lot of work ethic. It takes a lot of space to be able to, to maneuver. But my old me who was in high school, early college, dropped out of college because college wasn't for me. I look back at that person and say, thank you for, for, for continuing to push. Thank you for trying to figure out ways to maneuver in a smart way. And, you know, learning to move outside of your comfort zone and angle for the things you want and be loud and proud about the thing you want will absolutely make you um, a person who is, is one to be uh, respected and your, you know, your voice to be heard in this space. Don't listen to the folks who are out there fussing about everything, complaining about not getting stuff. If you want stuff, you got to move and got to get it. Um, and this next chapter is a level of moving out and getting it. So I want to thank you all for helping me get it. Well, thank you all for helping me, uh, build that confidence in myself and the work that I do. And thank you for paying attention and listening and, and believing in me and the work that we do at Spawn Me. I think it, it is, it is the thing that has given me the most joy in this life. Uh, and having you all with me on the ride has been pretty damn fantastic. So next week we talk about the dope stuff that's coming, um, and talk about that change. Cause that's going to be pretty big. Uh, but until then we'll see you all next week. Massive love to you all out in Bricago. We'll see you all very, very soon. We're going to get up out of here. Uh, and we're peace. Much love to you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. See you soon.